this is a Balanced Brain Podcast with your hosts, Melanie Nicholson and Sean Clift. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Balanced Brain Podcast. My name's Sean Clift. I'm joined by my very good friend and co-host, Melanie Nicholson. And Melanie, I'm actually joined by you. How exciting. Oh, You're on the beautiful so Gold Coast. exciting, Sean. It's been... 12 months we worked out. It's 12 months, month. almost to the day since yeah. we've seen each other. So yeah. it's so good to see you. Here we are in an amazing apartment at the Gold Coast. At it's the Gold beautiful Coast. here. It's beautiful, overlooking the ocean. And uh, yes, we've been separated by borders, but now we're here in person. I know, unbelievable how much has gone on since we've seen each other. It's, it's been a crazy year, hasn't it? It has absolutely been a crazy year. In fact, it's hard not to lose track of time and think, oh, was that two years ago or was that 12 months ago? So, yeah, it's. I know that is how a lot of people are feeling about time um, and it's just really interesting to see how it's going. So how do you think people are, are coping at the moment? There just seems to be an overwhelming amount of things happening. You know, obviously COVID, we're, we're in, a, in Australia here, particularly on the East Coast, particularly where I live up here in Brisbane and the Gold Coast area, ravaged by severe flooding. Um, we've, got, we've got war breaking out in, in um, Europe again. It's, it's crazy, isn't it? Oh, it absolutely is, Sean. It's almost like, and I was, I, you know, I was saying to you this morning, it's about your nervous system is just primed, ready for the next thing. And, of course, the media creates a, a lot of that. But it's just, yeah, it's just needing to find those moments of just, oh, I want to shut the world out and I don't know what's around the corner. And, yeah, it's it's really hard to keep that, that equilibrium at the moment, that balance. Yeah, because, I agree. Yeah. It just seems as though... Um, you know, every time we sort of think that things are going in a certain direction or, or we're, we're getting out of a certain situation that, that, you know, the rules change and the goalposts move yeah. and it's, it's constantly evolving, isn't it? And it's a, it's a, I think it's a very stressful time for everyone. Yeah, and, and something I would like to say about that, like I was heading up here, you know, we, we've just driven from Newcastle and I promised that I wouldn't put on the news, but I, I put on the news this morning and I'd already just seen in New South Wales where they're talking about bringing mandates back in again, yeah, no singing and dancing. And, and I was like, oh my God, we've only had like a week of it. And I, I know, wish I we hadn't thought done that it. that was going to be yeah. over. So I wish I hadn't have done it, but then... Then I guess the anxious part of my brain was like, okay, well, to be forewarned is to be forearmed and how am I going to deal with that? Without actually just going, oh, my God, I'm on my way to a week holiday. It was like just for a moment I was taken out of that, anticipating what was coming again. So I think that is where a lot of people are at, where you're like, I'm not really sure what's going to happen tomorrow. And it's how how do we deal with that? Well, I mean, it's got to the stage where, you know, a, a, a month or two ago, or even a few weeks ago, you'd be nervous booking a holiday coming up here. Yeah, yeah for sure. You know, the border could close, or the the rules could change on how far you could travel. Yeah. You know, it's been a very confusing time for everyone. Yeah, and I think that it's a lot of people are really happy that a lot of things are opening back up, and you know, wanting to enjoy that, and it's finding that balance between living in that moment and doing things that you haven't been able to do for a while or see people you haven't been able to see for a while, but also, yeah, waiting for that what's around the corner. Yeah, okay. And so, you know, we've got, we've got um, you know, issues around um, the ongoing mandates, particularly around, around the vaccine mandates is causing a lot of anx- anxiousness yeah. for people. Like I know that... Um, 
you know, the, the first rollout here in Australia was, was heavily taken up, um, but the, the boosters are starting to get rolled out now. I think that's yeah. creating a little bit of anxiety out there. So, so companies are starting to, to look mandate. at mandating those and things like that. And, you and know, I, that, there's a whole lot of information that's changed so much. And the other thing too is, all, you know, obviously the, the lot, as the state ministers and even the prime minister said, is our booster rate is low and it's slowing and they actually want to get that up. And it, yes, it's the anxiety about then how, how they're going to get that booster rate up because we know what we did to get the, yeah. the first two up. And yeah. that was uh, really to say, well, you won't be able to work, you won't be able to do this without the first two. So, yeah, that, that, they're things that are going on well, the information the changed so much. You yeah, know, we yeah. were told initially that, you know, get the get the vaccine, you won't get COVID and you won't spread it. Well, then that clearly changed. Yeah. And I think a lot of people were, were very comfortable with that. Yeah. You know, yeah. they were very comfortable to say, well, okay, well, I'm really happy that that, if, if, I, if I take that, I won't get it, I won't spread it, and that'll be fantastic, be able to protect my family, be able to protect my work colleagues, be able to protect my grandparents, all that sort of stuff. But it seems now that that's clearly... Not not 100% accurate. So where do we go with the, with these mandates ongoing? I can't I can't see how um, we can just sort of keep ongoing this this ongoing. But just to create contradiction in that, there's also been in the last week a lot of companies that were going to mandate and now they're going to court. You know, some people have gone to court to stop them. And they've reversed them just before they've got to court. Right. So we've got these different situations. So everyone is still experiencing a different situation where mandates may have been dropped this week. And then there's an incredible amount that have now been mandated or mandated for the booster. Yeah. So everybody is still going through in some way or another, I guess, a feeling of a lack of control. Yeah. And I think that is what's come out when I'm talking to people. It's about again still not being able to plan and not being able to plan things like weddings and just moving and traveling and still getting overseas is is a big problem and and you know i think it's around 40 percent of australians have family overseas so we're big travelers we've got families spread out in the world and we still have some some of the biggest travel restrictions in the world so everyday lives are still no matter what your decision was to vaccinate or not, everyone's lives are still, they're, they're still in flux. There's still things going on that are out of their control. Yeah. And that is, you know, now we are seeing mental health was a problem before COVID, but it's becoming extraordinary difficult and to the point where health professionals are coming out now saying, we really need to talk about what has been created in the last two years, the impact on mental health we already had that issue yeah then you know what and what is specific about COVID and what's been happening with mandates that is further contributing to those mental health issues yeah I think so I mean I've I've had sort of more anecdotal conversations with people that are just totally confused you know they're, they're totally confused about um you know the information that was given to compare to what the actual reality of of what's happened over the last, particularly in Australia, the last couple of months, has been very different to what the narrative was. And I think people are, uh, are feeling confused as to about, well, okay, well, what's, where do we go now? What, what's, what can we rely on? What, what is accurate? What is real? It's, it's getting more and more confusing by the day. Well, and just on that, obviously with, 
a lot that's going on overseas, particularly in Ukraine, um, our focus has, has been diverted off what was a court-ordered release of Pfizer documents around adverse events. And I think that, and that has been covered a fair bit by independent journalists, and it is on social media platforms, I can see that it's been shared around. And there are people asking, like, why was this information not made available to me like any other medicational vaccine that I would have taken? And why did it take court action to have this information released, which is generally always available to me or my doctor to make those decisions? Well, exactly. And what's confusing to me is that they're releasing 10,000 pages at a time over a period of, what is it, six or seven yeah, months? Yeah, it's or? right up to August. So you know, Now, those, those pages aren't even in order. Yeah. Um, but and and the reason that they they have given to say, well, there's so much information in there. If we release the whole thing, it's gonna it's a, it's so much to go through. But how did how did it get approval so quick? If they could do that, and that's the comments I've been reading and hearing from people, particularly who trusted their own doctors. I mean, most doctors did give the vaccine here and it was people own family doctors or doctors they've been to for years yeah. and they put trust, of course you would, in your doctor. Yeah. Uh, and now they've found out that doctors have not even had that information because it only got released. Yeah. You know, and like, we're not medical professionals so we're not here to no, say whether no. you should or shouldn't have it. What I'm saying is that the information is so confusing Um to, to have it retracted for 75 years yeah. and then a court order coming out of the state and they release 10,000 pages at a time over a period of seven months. Yeah. And just to clarify for our listeners, what Sean's referring to there is initially Pfizer had asked to withhold that information until 2075 and there was a lot of questions even in the medical community about why that would be. Like, why would you want to keep that information for so long and of course the court overrode that and that is why the information is coming out for some of our listeners who may not know that so yeah. well, it's, it's yeah. um, you know it should be available to yeah. us it should be available for um, journalists and medical yeah. professionals to go through that information it should be available for us to get given the, the facts that's all I'm saying yeah and also it's interesting that this week that particularly, you know, we were talking about in the mining industry, even engineering firms and that have mandated the boosters just on the release of that information. And I think that would have been a great time for employees to hold off and say, well, well, let's have a look at some of the data that's coming through before we continue with further mandates. Yeah, yeah. Would that be real? I don't know if that's known to a lot of Look, I don't know. Obviously, I'm not a doctor and I'm not a scientist, but I I just think that, you know, with with... The reality of it that it hasn't stopped the spread and it hasn't stopped people from getting it. Sure, it may have had a had a great impact on on the on the hospitalisation rates and the and the death rate. Um, you know, the statistics seem to be fairly clear on that. But um, I just I'm not too sure if the mandates can go on. And it's that's not just something that affects. I mean. The thing is, we could not have known that mandates would have existed 12 months ago. So it's that unknown of well, it's well, how again, far it's, do they go with it, mandates? Well, the information changed. And yeah. this is my point. Yeah. We were told we're not mandating. They, there will be no mandates in Australia. And then uh, even a, uh, up and really six months ago, we had the Prime Minister saying, we don't have mandates in Australia. Yeah. Well, yeah. We clearly do. Yeah. 
So that's confusing in itself. So then how do people go on? Well, then when do I need to have my next one? And then is there going to be another one after that? And is my workplace going to start to implement that? They've already done it in this workplace. So there's this constant sense of anxiety that I think people are really struggling with. Yeah, and it's it's that overall feeling of nervousness. And again, what what control do we have in our lives at the moment? It doesn't feel like we've been able to control anything for the last two years. Who we see, who we're connected with, where we travel. I mean, that has been for two years, even prior to vaccines coming on the scene. So we've had two years of this, Sean. Yeah. <laughs> and that has to have some impact. And it doesn't matter if they say, oh, things are getting back to normal, then then how do we talk about... It certainly about... doesn't feel normal. It doesn't, yeah. in, in many aspects it does. Like, it, you know, you kind of look superficially and things things are quite normal. But I think people are still feeling that things aren't quite right. Yes, and it may even just be that gut feeling, and that intuition that... Well, we can't really ignore what happened over the last two years because everybody had their lives impacted in some ways on a major scale. And, you know, I think we'd even talked about this in the last episode. There is trauma associated with that in some way. No matter, and it's at different levels for different people, depending on what your, your circumstance was. Because everybody was going through different life experiences even before this happened. So anyone who is already going through great changes in their life just before COVID. Imagine going into that period already with that level of change going on in your life, whatever was happening for you at that time. Yeah, well, look, I think that's the crux of the issue, isn't it, is change. And you and I talked about this and we said, well, we're going to catch up. We're here. We're going to be meet up on the Gold Coast. What are we, we've got to do a podcast in person. Yeah. So we thought, well, what are we going to talk about? And, and we thought dealing with change yeah i mean that's really what's going on so melanie you did a little bit of research about it what did you find okay let's go through so you know you've worked as a family counselor you've worked as a as a coach and a counselor and what's some advice and what's some information that you found on how people can deal with this constant change so to me the biggest one is I would say to my clients is to visualise certain outcomes and ask what's the worst that could happen right. from whatever choice you made and to actually visualise that and feel what it felt like to make that decision and taking you through the process of the worst case scenario right? and then knowing that you could cope with that in that situation if you wanted to visualize that and then have strategies preempted strategies that would help you deal with that if it actually came to that and in most situations this is where i think it's different now we always tend to overestimate the worst case scenario and yep. it doesn't happen okay so what i think now i, I think that that's been amplified too yeah over the last couple of years yeah so every the, story is doom and gloom yeah every statistics doom and gloom Yes. And now we've got new doom and gloom. You know, another war breaking out. Looks looks like it could be yes. you know, really bad, you know. Um, and that happened to coincide with kind of the ending of a lot of 
the restrictions oh, no. here. And it just then the seems as though like it was all getting better and then we've got doom and gloom yeah. again. So I think you're so right. It is not, really to, easy to go into that negative aspect. That's right. And then that is not a normal pattern in the human life. You, you don't... Very rarely do we get continual hits, <laughs> yep. you know, like where you feel like you're on top of something and then literally within 24 hours, and the news cycle has a lot to do with this, but in, before COVID, we would have things going on that people even closest to us may not have had any idea about what we were dealing with because we di- we tend to internalise a lot of and process a lot of feelings and emotions before we can actually verbalise them. But it's kind of like we don't have the time at the moment to go through and release emotions and feelings and trauma from each event that's happened over the last two years because it just feels like, what's going to happen tomorrow? It's like going back to, you know, driving up here and feeling like everything's amazing but then what are we going to go back to in a week's time in new south wales now they're talking about restrictions again yeah you know and it's just like oh my god we just had you know and that is i think that would be a very common feeling right exactly of not of not knowing that and that is anxiety that it's that anticipation of the next thing coming for you well melanie it's, it's it's documented on this podcast my battle with depression and i know that you've had your battles with depression as well And at the worst period of my depression, that's exactly what I felt. I was a very optimistic person before I suffered from depression. And then with me, when I was at the worst peak of my depression, everything seemed like a disaster. Every little hit was a big hit because it just built up and built up and built up and built up until it was just so hard to take it anymore. And I think... That advice on trying to visualise, you know, what's the worst that could happen? Because sometimes that gets hard. So the more things happen, the harder it is to sort of get to that point of view. I think that's very, very good advice. The other thing I would say that you can do on a physical level, so I think we look at every, like I like to look at things from a physical, emotional, spiritual Uh, level you know we have to address all of that and from a physical level we look at what has not been taken away over the last two years and we always had the ability to get daily exercise for example and we and we saw a big explosion in people wanting to get out in nature and and connect that way yeah push bike sales went through the roof yeah so i think that we look at we put our we say to our brain, well, what was it that I could do in the last two years when everything else was restricted? And that was the ability to get outside. Right. Right? In yep. the sun and go for a walk. That wasn't taken away from anyone at any time. So that, that and even for me personally, that's my go-to, is getting outside and going for a walk at the very least. So for me, that is a way that we can cope with ongoing change is to keep our physical sense of self. Yeah. And continually go through having that regular connection uh, with not just exercise, but physically going outside Absolutely. and connecting with nature. I know that was very soothing, even for people who had never thought about it before in yeah. the last couple of years. So moving like forward, when we're still in this really uncertain territory, it's looking back and reflecting on the last two years of where you could remain some constancy, con- constant habit in your life that was soothing, like a self-soothing. Okay, yeah, great. Yeah. I think there was a joke going around my neighbourhood that um, 
most of the dogs would get before COVID were couldn't wait for someone to come and walk them. Whereas a couple of months into COVID, they were saying, "Please just let me have a little rest." <laughs> yeah, and I do. I think the other thing that I had thought about when we we're going to talk about this is this trust issue, yeah. right? And trusting. You know, my partner Aaron always says to me, everything's going to work out. And there are some people who have that optimism bias and that, that we have to acknowledge that where people really do think things will work out. And the truth is, and you would know, you know, having both of us have gone through depression and anxiety, that is actually the advice a therapist would give you. That yeah. In the end, things have a way or you manage to find a way to work them out. Yeah, well, you know, the way that I sort of have looked back on it now is that I always thought to myself, if I just do this, I'll get back to the same person that I used to be. But that never happened. I actually came out of it a different person, but I'm not so sure that it was such a bad thing. Can we talk about that, becoming a different person? Because that is something that I am hearing from people is how much they have changed in the last two years from this and whether that is to do with a decreased trust yeah. in authority okay. yeah. or people that they used to trust that they no longer trust or their assumption that that they held about things or beliefs have been challenged. Sure. And I think the belief system is a big part of that, believing that... Well, I think so yeah. as well. And I think that sometimes being forced into a change makes you do something different. And I think we've seen that. I think people have um, uh, have sort of moved away from, you know, they have, have a career change yeah. or they've, um, you know, moved away from, into a different job or they've moved out of the city, city. into the country yeah. or they've moved closer to the ocean or they've moved closer to nature and that that this constant sort of change that's happened over the last two years has, has really forced people into reevaluating. so you can look at that as well as sometimes when you get in your comfort zone and you're just going through the routine every mm. day and you're not really being challenged sometimes these big changes can make you look for an opportunity yeah and it's something that when you just mentioned that then i know that employees are having a huge problem getting people back to the office sure. into the cities yeah and you can completely understand that like when as you said when change is forced on you you may not have thought too much about how much the daily commute or going into the cbd was affecting your exactly. mental health or your your physical health or your time with your family and now people are like hang on i i can do my job from home yep. i can have family time well, yeah, some people can do it from some home. people can and a lot of people can't and that is the yeah. important thing like and some people may have realized that too they may have had that dream of working from home so that's the other side and then they've realized actually that doesn't work for me so again that is a massive change that's happened for a lot of people but now there's talk about how, how do we balance that can we have two days in the office and three at home exactly. and yeah. so balance always has to be at the forefront of any of yeah. these dealing with change but it's now and that's affecting a lot of pe people outside of mandates there's even that change of going back to something that you may no longer want to go back to or yeah. or a lifestyle that you no longer have any time for well think about this 
pre-COVID, if you were to get a notification from the government to say, tomorrow, all the schools are going to be closed, right? And that notification comes out at four in the afternoon. Now, that happened to us here in Queensland. I've got a little girl at school, first year at school, and at 4.30 in the afternoon, we had a notification come out that all the schools the next day would be closed. Now, pre-COVID, that would have created utter chaos, complete chaos. Yeah. But... It just seemed to kind of go, everyone just went, oh, okay, it's just another closure. It's another lockdown. It's another It's another day we've got to organise Zoom meetings, work from home, mm. put the kids in, in front of the laptop to get some work done. It just seemed to be something now that people adjusted to very quickly. Now, that may be a good thing or a bad thing, but but also, um, you know, if you, if you if you can take things as an opportunity, I'm not saying that that was a good thing that happened. Mm. I'm just saying that it's amazing what we can get used to. Yeah. I did see some really different um, opinions from parents about that particular show. Some of them were like, oh, well, they've been doing, this has been happening for a couple of years anyway. It's normal. And then some were like outraged. Oh, they've only just gone back to school. Exactly. And so everybody's experience is, yeah, is going to be another, different. That's the thing. It's constantly changing. Yeah. You know, like, uh, you know, the, the first term of school this year in Australia has been disrupted by COVID lockdowns. Schools delay their opening and then we've had closures because of floods and then we've had you know closures because of weather. It's a very confusing and highly changeable environment that we're living in. So we haven't really had, t- to this scale, like, you know, it has not happened, not in my lifetime of this change. So if we're going to be talking about how to deal with change, then how do you even deal with just what happened that day when you get a text to say school? Like, if we have to live like that every day anticipating something that's going to have a big impact on our day... Exactly. ..then how do we...? And then it depends on your circumstance. So for some people, that's really easy. Okay, Mm. well, it's like, okay, well, I can just zoom in and log into the network on on the laptop at home and everything's okay i can deal with that really easily some people like you know like i'm in the trade sector so tradies then i've got to work out well what am i going to do with the kids all day you know they they can't just put them in front of the computer and you know that so i actually had a stage where my staff member couldn't make it to work because they couldn't send their child to school. So I was mm. like, sure, I can't make it, mate. So I'm sorry. You know, I've got to organise something to do for my son. So then, you know, I was put out. My customers were put out. You, you know, it, but mm. it, it's amazing how quick people get used to things. So for some people, it was really easy to deal with. With other people, it's a little bit difficult. Mm. Well, anyone is dealing with any instability. I think that we don't, we don't. Sometimes that, that it, it's hard to see from another point of view, isn't it? Yeah, and that's why, well, we do what we do, Sean, because we want we want to present all of those different yeah. views because you can get really, well, like everyone, you, you're just dealing whatever you're dealing with in your situation, but that means that you don't really hear about what strategies people are using to deal with change or what they're going through or, sure. you know, how things are impacting on them. So what's your next piece of advice? So... Um, so I want to talk about values and I think that for me when I started to really heal as a person is when I got really clear on my values, which I also see as boundaries. So, you know, when I didn't 
place great value on myself, then I allowed people to treat me in a way that I would not allow them to treat me now Mm -hmm. or say things to me that I would not accept. Or I would work in employment situations with bullies for bosses and now I would never do that. So my values have completely changed over the last 10 years particularly and now I live them and they're like a framework for me. And I'm always interested and particularly when I was you know, working with coaching clients and no one was really sure or clear or they could never tell me what they really valued, their top three values. And a lot of the times it was because it came from their parents or their upbringing or they belonged to someone else. And we've been taught as a society in a lot of ways to value security above all else. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where a feeling of a loss of control, over, particularly over the last two years, has come from because I've still been coaching um, the first 18 months of the pandemic and that's what was coming up was I don't feel I have any control because I have to do certain things in order to meet my value of security. Right, okay. Which when you place value on one particular thing can then compromise all your other values. Right. And so it's finding that, again, equilibrium with your values and a lot of the time if you've got kids to feed and mortgage to pay then you have to value security sure and the consequences of what comes with that so that getting clear on your values doesn't mean there's not consequences of your values but it's really good to actually know what they are and that they don't belong to someone else or they haven't been instilled in you from okay yeah And, and so i think that's probably to me what people at this point from what my own personal experience has been is go well okay get a piece of paper out and like well what's my top three values how am I living these values what kind of things am I doing at the moment that don't support those values because yeah then then you'll know you will have clear boundaries moving forward with your life knowing that you've got an inner guidance system and it's driven by your values and that's your decisions in your life are based on that yeah and again i think when people really really face adversity and face challenging times is when they really do work out what their values are i mean i'm sure if you ask anyone in lismore at the moment who is really struggling to you know, with, with water inundating their house and, and in some cases very life-threatening situations, I'm pretty sure they would really work out, they would have their values really worked out. Yeah, absolutely. And it would be, so survival is up there on Maslow's, you know, like hierarchy of needs, that it, everything would be about keeping yourself alive. Yeah, but it would so also be about family, family and, and it would also community. be about community. And we have exactly. absolutely seen that in Lismore, Sean, because of... The difficulty in finding volunteers there where absolutely the community has done the majority of the work. Well, I haven't found, I haven't had a problem finding volunteers because people have just volunteered. They've gone out and they've got in their boat and they've got a shovel and they've got a hose and they've got a gurney and they've gone out there and helped. The government hasn't stepped in and has it. And so the community went, okay, well, this is what we have to do. And that community valued. Yeah, That's there's obviously forward. been some issues around the government support there. Yes, 
But as far as community support goes, it's very heartwarming to see. Absolutely. And you know what? I, I believe that's the future where we, if that trust has been eroded in government, and that's very clear in what is coming out in surveys, and, and I think that's been happening for a long time, but right now it's at its lowest point. It doesn't matter what party we're talking about, political party, there is an, a trust in authority and government of any sort is at its lowest levels. Yeah. And to me that means there is a great opportunity there to... For communities to come together. For communities to come together. And that really is then, which means that we have to reconnect with each other. And regardless of what has happened in the last two years, we look to what's happening with the floods, where people came together. And, of course, you and I lived through this in 2011 with the Brisbane floods where I was volunteering for St Vinnie's and it was... Everything was about helping each other and you did not care who some, where someone was from or what they'd had or what they'd done. You, really, that's what it came down to. Yeah. And I believe that is the way forward. And But we're stuck in that place with, after all of this division in the yeah. last two years, no matter what, where your views were or what you've been doing, there isn't, we can't continue to, if no one trusts the authorities in government and we don't trust each other. We don't trust the information. And we don't trust the information. Where does that leave humanity? So we've got to find our own values. We've again. got to find our own values and we've got to come together as a community and I use the term self-govern because so you have to govern That's yourself. That's a very good yes. point. You yes. have to self-govern, which is, yeah, getting clear on your values and your beliefs and and using your inner authority and that's yeah what that means to me and then it's putting your oxygen mask on first so you've got to get clear on yourself and then creating a community yeah which you can rely on without government telling you how you can do that and that is i think how we heal from the last two years yeah and that comes down to trust as well trusting your neighbors trusting your family, trusting your mates. Yeah. And I think I genuinely feel that people are ready for that to happen again because that is our nature as humans. We couldn't exist as humans if we all thought that we all turn on each other or, you know, I mean, I've travelled the world, Sean, and I can tell you it doesn't matter what country you go to, people are inherently good and they want to be connected and they want to help and express their emotions as a human being in an open way and come together. Right. What else have you got? Well, there's a big thing that I used to be quite resistant about and that is acceptance. Okay. And the reason why I'm resistant to that is because sometimes being asked to accept something means shut up and suppress what you've been through and that's where I have acceptance comes after the process of going through all the emotions and the trauma and the feelings of that and the forgiveness there's a whole lot of steps to acceptance and then what is it you're accepting are you accepting 
a government intervention in your life every day, telling where you go, what you can do, is that accepting? Is that the new normal? I, I don't know if acceptance is an appropriate word anymore well, to do a change. Well, I think to have real acceptance is that you've got to really understand that you're not going to be right all the time. Um, just by accepting that helps you accept other points of view. I mean, yeah. you, you've got to... I think, you know, the, 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 the proverb of... The Buddhist proverb is, am I wrong, am I wrong, am I wrong, is always a really good question to mm. ask. Yeah, yes. Ask it three times. So you, you might have your views and opinions, and they might even be passionately held, and they might even be well, very well researched and, and things like that. And you can d- definitely argue your case, and you can definitely give your opinion and point of view, but I think acceptance is really trying to think, well, am I wrong? Am I wrong? Am I wrong? Asking that, finding out what other people are, are going to um, talk to you about and seeing... Yeah. where that acceptance is. And I don't think we're having those conversations because that, that is a really different way of looking at acceptance, Sean. And that's interesting because I, I don't actually think people are talking about things that they need to talk about, about what's particularly what's been happening over the last couple of years. So is it, And I don't think it's a conversation that people... We're all fatigued from talking about things that have happened over the last two years. But it's finding that middle ground of pretending nothing happened. And yes. I think that's what most people <laughs> are starting to do. It's like, yeah. well, let's just ignore everything. Yeah. Let's pretend it's all over and we can just move on. There's a level of acceptance there. Yes. And, and most people will get through like that. Yes, and that is absolutely appropriate for people who can do that but what happens to the people who want want to have their experience witness and voice and and out there and want to talk about it and talk about their grief and talk about the changes and the feelings they've gone through where does that go if people many people are saying it's all back to normal. You know, yeah. we need to move on. And a lot of people will say, well, that's gaslighting. And that may not be the intent of that person saying that, but it's all about how that person perceives that. And, yeah, it's okay if you know that there is someone you can talk to or go to if you're not feeling like you just want to get on with things. And I think that's everything in life, Right. Where if someone's saying to you, oh, you should just get over that, or you should just move on from that, and that's not really what you feel like doing, then that's when you repress yourself and your emotions and your feeling. So I think that it's okay if you're in conversation and someone doesn't want to talk about it or they just want to move on. That's like, yes, I think you would say, I accept that that's your view. And then you find another area where you can voice your opinion and be heard and that might be a whole different friendship group. I mean, it, some people have different sets of friends that they talk to about sure. things or, or do. You know, that, that would apply here. But if you have someone, 
if you do want to talk about things or you have concerns, even now, if things that are going on that are still being imposed in your life, then you have to have an outlet for that. You have to have your voice heard. Yeah, I think acceptance is a really big part of dealing with change. Um, what, what else you got there, Melanie? What's, what's our other, other top tips dealing with change? Well, celebrating the positives. Okay. And I think no matter what is going on, we always have room for that. Like Absolutely. There always has to be, as we like to the listeners, Sean and I are just uh, in this beautiful apartment looking out over the ocean. I mean, right now in this moment. It's luxury. It's no. luxury and it's Here beautiful. Here we are, living it up. Living it up. And we have to have, we absolutely have to have that gratitude and connection to that because you cannot stay in one state for too long. You can still have those underlying feelings of things aren't right or I need to make some change, but you cannot be in that state 24-7. You've got to have breathers and moments where you just go, this is actually perfect for me in this moment. So what's some of the positive things that you've taken out over the last couple of years? So for me, I actually feel really strong. Like it's really strong emotionally. And that is not how I was even last year. But for some reason in the last month, I've just got to a a position where I'm like, okay, I can handle anything now. Like I really am. And I've gone through a a lot of my life. I mean, overcoming a traumatic brain injury and I've gone through a fair bit. But I don't know why, but I just feel like, okay, well, had all this stuff think thrown at me in the last two years and look prior to COVID I was cruising you know for the first time in my life I've had a few years of just oh this is so nice to not have any hits coming Mm -hmm. but um yeah so I I feel really strong I feel like I've really there's a gap there to allow more different friendships in different experiences I, I feel really excited about new possibilities they might be a long way off um but there's something about the uncertainty of, of the opportunity that may be out there or some type of new system or new way of that's coming after this. That's what I, I have hope. I have hope. Okay, great. So, yeah, and I, I'm really, again, gratitude's a big thing. I still do my three things I'm grateful every night before I go to sleep. been doing that for 12 months now. So that's my 12 months mark. Um, and that really helps me. I mean, that just changes your whole, like if people try it, then it, you'll even just notice the changes in your body. So I still have all that. And even on a beautiful day when there's sometimes like, ah, oh, this is what a great, yeah, great sure. day. Like it's simple stuff. Absolutely. Because if you, some of the stuff that's going on at the moment, like you, you have to bring it down to that level. Yeah. And it's not hard when, when you actually sit to think about things to be grateful of. Yeah. Well, from my point of view, I mean, I went through a radical change of career from what I used to do and and what I call my past life now. Really, it does feel like that. Um, And so the positives for me is that I've really been able to focus on building up my little business that's allowed me to be outside every day, be in nature, be physically active all the time. So I've really taken that as a positive. Um, and, And... You know, although we haven't been able to travel and have the freedom to be able to go to, you know, distant lands or, you know, travel overseas or anything like that, 
you know, I've been lucky to, to spend a lot of time in my local area and have done some really amazing things and seen some really great things locally. Um, you know, just recently I was at you know, a tiny little island in Moreton Bay that really, if it wasn't for the pandemic, you, w- you wouldn't think of going there because mm. you, you, you'd be thinking, well, where, where could I fly to or where could I go for a long weekend? Or, but when you're sort of limited to, to the restricted area, you, can, you, you get to find out the little things yeah. in your community. Yep. And that's a really been a really big positive thing for me as well. And just finally what I would say that I do, that was once said to me and I was poo-pooed it, but then I thought, actually, it's true. Nothing changes if nothing changes. So then it's about taking action. Right. How do we take action to change something in our life that is not working for us, whether it's an emotional response or an actual job or a relationship or a house that you're living in, with with the uncertainty that's going on, how do you take action? And for me, one of the biggest changes I made five years ago was actually changing states, like changing location. And that really worked for me. So it was a big, huge step into the unknown, but I trusted it and it really worked out for me. And I think with the uncertainty, it's been really hard for people to say, well, how do I take meaningful action to make change in my life when, when well, there is this? it's frightening. You, there may still be things that you wanted to do that you can't do that would have helped you with that change. So that's what I think that this would be, yeah, great to finish off with. Well, how do you take action yeah. to make changes in your life, big or small, in, in the current environment and working with that what's around the corner feeling. Well, the way that I look at it, Melanie, and this comes to me through a lot through my meditation practice. And, um, you know, I've, I've spent a lot, a, lot, a lot of time meditating over the last two years, which has been another really positive thing for me. And I highly recommend our listeners, you and I are big advocates for it. And, yeah. and we've done an episode on meditation if you want to go back and check it out. But I highly recommend to all of our listeners to give it a try and give it a go. But one of the things that happens with meditation and the meditation practices and some of the teachings that you will do if you're experimenting with different techniques and things like that is is the law of nature. We've got all these laws, okay? We've got, you know, laws about you know, business law and contract law and laws about parking and law. Our, our, our world is really ruled by all of these laws, but really there's only one law that rules everything, and that's the law of nature. And yeah. nature will constantly change. Yeah. And so the only thing that we know for certain is things will be different. Yes. And I think that's a big thing for me on dealing with change is that, well, I can fight and try and keep everything the same, but eventually that will break down. Things will change whether I like it or not. So, uh, and I think that's part of that acceptance as well. Yeah, and for me, going back to the meditation thing, a lot of times that's where I get my answers. Like, what action do I take next? I might even say that out aloud when I meditate like, okay, what's the, what's the path forward to me? 
And it's not having the expectation that's going to be dropped in on in that particular moment, but it might come a few days later on. Sure. You know, and that's what meditation strengthens your connection to your intuition. And that for me has always guided my life on what action to take next. And if I find that I get too much out of that practice and into fear mode, then I make choices that aren't in my highest good. Yeah. So that's another part of meditation is getting that space to know, be guided as to what you should do next. And that's your internal guidance system. Absolutely. And that's what is what controls you, not not anything else. And it's that trust that you will take the next step based on that gut feeling. Yeah. And that's where I have found meditation so transformative for showing me which step to go to next, even if I have no idea where the final, where I'm going to end up. And, or even what one step is, two, three. Yeah. If I surrender to like just being guided there, yeah, it always works. And I still get resistant to it and I can look back and like, okay, when I was resistant, then I started getting to fear of my, my mind was chaos. It's like, which way do I go? So yeah, that's what, that's how I have taken back my power. Well, I think that's a great way for us to finish up today. Mel, it's so great to catch up again, to reconnect. We really hope that all of our listeners are starting to get the opportunity to reconnect with friends and family, whether it's you know, within different states in Australia or, or across the world. We've got listeners from all around the world. So yeah. we hope that that's happening wherever you're living as well. And um, we hope that, um, you know, this is a, this is going to be a really positive experience for you to, to, to reconnect. Like we have, Mel. It's yeah. great to reconnect. It's been great. Okay. Thanks very much, everyone. Thanks, everyone.